Welcome to Young and Adulting, a podcast of the Young Adults community at Christ Fellowship Church. Our hope is to create a safe place for authentic conversation around the ins and outs of life as we all try to navigate following Jesus in the world we live in today. Thanks for joining us and welcome to the conversation. Well, welcome back to another episode of Young and Adulting. I'm so excited that you are joining us today from wherever you are, YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Welcome back. My name is Lewis. I'm here with my friends Alec and Joy, and we are pumped for this conversation. You know, we are a podcast that cares about our people, that cares about the people listening. And so somebody wrote in a question, um, phenomenal question. Come on. How do I get good at relationships? Ooh. So that's what we're going to talk about today. And Alec, you are a king of relationships. You're incredibly relational. You have friends everywhere. Okay. You're awesome. I'm glad you're at this table. Say hi to everybody. Oh my goodness. Well, that's like too much of an intro. I wouldn't say I'm the best, but thank you so much. And also to our, our user that um, filled out a question and put a response in like, thank you so much. We love Absolutely. hearing your guys's feedback and we want to be doing more podcasts on what you guys want to hear. So yeah. Um, so we're talking about relationships today. And um, last week we talked about with James Duvall, right? With, with books, which is an incredible topic. And we all got challenged to read 10 pages a day. Now, if you haven't listened to uh, the last podcast, pause this podcast, go back, listen to that podcast. There's so much gold in it. But for this week, we're going to be talking about one of my favorite books. It's called How to Win Friends and Influence People for our users on YouTube. It's right here in the camera shot. But it's, it's an amazing book. You can get it on Amazon. You can get it anywhere uh, where books are sold. But what I love about this book is it really teaches you and everyone that reads it how to have better people skills. Give and, us like a 30-second commercial for it. Okay. So crazy enough, this book was written in the 1930s, which... Many of us would be like, what? That's outdated. We don't need that. But no, this book has so much truth in it. And basically, this book goes through uh, so many sections on how do we make people like us? Like, that's a crazy thing to talk about. How do we make people like you? How to win arguments? How to actually debate with people? Like, so much gold in this book. And what I love is that even though it was written in the 1930s, nothing has changed. Wow. Like, the okay. truths in this book will transcend time because they really deal with people. That's and awesome. and yeah, how people awesome. are wired. So I'm super excited to talk about it today. Come on, man. That that's really cool. Over here we have Joy Lopez. Joy is incredible. She's one of the friendliest people that I know. Thank you have you. friends yeah, she is. everywhere. People love you. I'm so excited that you're joining us today. And what's so cool about you, Joy, is your job is kind of to manage social media. Some would say that you're a professional influencer. Wow, Hello. whoever those people are, thank you. <laughs> Hello, we're glad you're at the table. Uh, tell us, like, like this whole idea of relationships. Uh, so much of our time is spent online. It's spent on Instagram, yeah. uh, on social media. How do we bridge the gap between digital relationships, uh, in real life hmm. relationships? Like, tell us about that. Tell us the tension. Yeah, that's yeah. a good question. I feel like social media kind of gets a bad rep for relationships these days. People think like. All of our screen time's going up, so our relationships are going down. But I think after COVID, we really started to see like social media and technology actually help build bridges where we couldn't when we were quarantined. Yeah. So I think it kind of gets a bad rep for being the thing that like breaks relationships. But I do think there's a difference between being a friend on Facebook and being a friend in real life, yeah. and being a friend on Instagram and being a friend in real life because 
when you scroll through your Instagram, you like a picture in two seconds. You don't really read the caption. You pretend like you read the caption, but you don't. And you click through all the stories and pretend like you watched it, but you don't. And your friendship is really, really surface level, like more mm. surface level than real life relationships. And we get used to this quick friendship that isn't meaningful and doesn't last. But our real, our real life conversations and real moments with people, you can't speed by them. You can't click a heart and keep going mm. because you don't feel valued. And so I think both are important if you do both well. Yeah, that's why I'm so excited for the conversation today. We have just come out of this COVID season where we were told and we had to purposefully like get away from people and now we're almost reintegrating back into society we're, yeah. we're back at events we're, we're back with people there's a tension there between you know who i want to come off as like social media i want to have the filter i want to make it all look good and then who i actually am and how to yeah. build a good relationship that's healthy not yeah. not influenced by something weird so man this is going to be incredible alec you've read this book by dale carnegie so good. And you've told me a little bit about it. And there's a few principles in there that we want to pull out and talk about today. Would you would you teach us how to win friends and influence people just yeah. like Dale Carnegie? I would love that, man. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, this book is, we're going to go through this like a small little portion of this book today. And I would encourage you guys, like after you listen to this podcast, like go out, buy this book, read this book, hold on to this book, uh, because it's going to help you all throughout life. But we're going to go through this section entitled, how to make people like you. Now, Ooh. that's kind of like, it's interesting because you're like, why, why do I need that? Why would I? I need it. You know, like <laughs> it's, it can be kind of weird sometimes. Like it's, it's a weird thing to study, like how to make people like you, but it's not actually like your appearance or anything external. It's all internal on like your yeah. character, on, on who you are, um, and actually like the people skills that you need. And, and if you're listening, like these skills that we're going to be going over, like this is good if you're face-to-face -face or on FaceTime. Like these skills are going to transcend like technology and they're going to transcend being in person uh, as well. So Dale Carnegie gives six ways uh, for us to be more likable. And we're just going to go through those six. I'm cool. We start off. It. All right. So number one, if you're taking notes, just Hello. kidding. Or if you're driving, <laughs> don't take, take notes. notes. <laughs> take mental notes. Listen to it again. But number one is this, is that we have to become genuinely interested in other people. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Think about that. Okay. Rule number one is to become generally, genuinely interested in other people. Now, when this book was written, which is crazy, 1930s, they did a study, right? And they kind of listened to phone conversations, which is a little creepy, but uh, <laughs> surveys happen that way. And in the 1930s, the word I in conversations out of 500 phone calls was used 4,000 times. Wow. 4,000 wow. times the word I was used. Now, let's think about like in today's world, like it is about me. It's oh. about me. And guess what? It's still about me. Um, and we just love to talk about ourselves. Yeah. But if we are going to be people that other people like and, and have influence and win friends, we have to be genuinely like interested like about other people. Yeah, it, it sounds so natural. It sounds like something that should be automatic. How do we make that genuine and not just the surface level, hey, how was work today? Yeah, no, absolutely. I think it comes back to really like being intentional about conversations um, and not just looking at a conversation and then passing by mm. or just like passively saying hi to someone just because you're like fulfilling an obligation, but actually carving out time where I can be like, Joy, like, how was your day? And then not have any 
other thoughts of like what I want to ask you, but to sincerely like listen. Yeah. And like, because I feel like in conversations, we love to like ask something, but then we already have our follow up question like yep. on our mind of what we really want to ask you. And we're really only here for ourselves. We're not here to actually hear how your day was. It was just like a, hey, let me do a little formality. How was your day? All right, by the way, I need this, yeah. right? It's like asking a question and then just being able to sit and listen and then being able to respond, yeah. uh, which I think is something that's missing in our culture today. We're so to like, okay, I need to get something from you or I need something from you. But the truth is like, if we're gonna ha have people that, that like us and gain influence over people, we just need to be genuinely interested in what the other person has to say. Yeah, when was the last time like I had a conversation with somebody without an agenda, like without trying to, to push them or ask them for something. Yeah. I just really wanted to know about them. That's, that's absolute gold. It is. Yeah. And I think this applies like through, through any scenario, like whether you're at church, whether you're at work, whether you're out in a grocery store, like seriously, like these are principles that, that transcend time. Um, yeah. And I know like if I met a stranger and they like sincerely like, asked me like how I'm doing and they listened and they asked follow-up questions, like, I'd be blown away. Like, I would expect that from, like, my best friend, but from a stranger, like, I just met, like, automatically, I am interested yeah. in that person. Oh, like, yeah. What, like, what is different about you that you actually care just to, care just to listen? Yeah. yeah. So the question is, I mean, in real life, I can have this, I can go to coffee with somebody, I can have a conversation, be genuinely interested, but online, like, whenever it's, it's FaceTime, that's so much harder. It is. Joy, how can we, how can we be genuinely interested with people yeah. on our phones? I think it really comes down to this idea of sacrifice. Like relationships are sacrifice. You need to give up something to be able to lean in to this yeah. relationship. And so when I think about friendships in real life and online, you have to start thinking, what do I need to say no to so that I can actually pay attention to this person? Mm, wow. I think sometimes we go into things saying like, Alec, I know I need to have a conversation with you. I care about how you're doing, but also I have like three assignments due by like midnight and I can't really talk to you right now. Like I'll, t I'll call you later. Yeah. And what we do is we say like, Alec, I know you're important, but you're not that important because I'm focusing on something else. Wow. So we really have to go back to this idea of like, okay, your time is valuable. And if we want to win friends and build influence, we need to show people that they have value. Yeah. And so I want to genuinely stop everything and listen. And so for some people, that's, okay, if I'm meeting you in real life, my phone is always down because I want to talk to you. Yeah, that's And good. I don't want them to think that my notifications are more important than they are. Hmm. And online, if I'm on FaceTime with someone, I'm not going to go, iPhone switched it so that you can go and look at all your apps and nobody can tell when you're on FaceTime. But I have glasses, so people can totally tell when I'm on FaceTime oh, and looking at other things. <laughs> the glare. <But> exposed. <laughs> yeah, I got exposed. But it really like helped me realize, man, if I'm going to pay attention to someone and care for someone, who am I to think that my time is so valuable that I can't fully give myself to that conversation? Right, so yeah. I'm not going to go on my apps, and I'm going to lean in, and I'm going to focus on what they're saying. That's really I think good. for some people, it's, you need to figure out how to create a space to genuinely care. Because mm -hmm. we're so hurried, we're so busy in this culture, and it is a lot about us. Yeah. But what if we created a space to genuinely care and say, hey, for 30 minutes, I'm going to think about my friend who is going through a hard time, and I'm going to give them a call, and for 30 minutes, I'm just going to listen. That's really good. 
Yeah. Uh, it's creating that space that we really got to work on. Yeah. I think also in our culture, we like to try to crunch everything in. Like, yeah. uh, I remember like on Sunday, someone's like, do you have time? And I'm like, ah, well, I have five minutes. Um, and they're like, okay, great. We'll take it. And it was like a much longer conversation, but having the ability just to be like, Hey, actually like, I don't have time, but I want to give you time Yeah. and like not try to crunch a conversation mm -hmm. like into that. Like, honestly, like saying no and then being like, but like, let's find time where I can totally dive into this conversation is so much better than just trying to fit it in to those two or three minutes, like right off the bat. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's wild. They're so basic, but they're so necessary. And the second rule that Dale talks about, again, is something that seems so obvious, Yep. but we just don't get it. We don't understand it. Tell us about it. Yep. Well, the second rule is this. So you have to smile. I love this. You one. have to smile. <laughs> Now, I know this is so, so simple, but like a smile goes such a long way. Mm -hmm. Like it can literally, it, it brightens someone's day. Like I kid you not. So um, our, my gate at my uh, apartment complex was, was broken um, and we had a security guard that would like be outside, right? And kind of check everybody as he came in. And every day, like I would wave to him and smile. And they, they finally fixed the gate. Everything's cool now. But he looked at me, he goes, we're not going to be able to smile and wave anymore. And I was like, What? Like, that was a three-second interaction that maybe you saw once or twice a day, but wow. for that guy, mm -hmm. like, he remembered the smile and remembered the wave. And it made me think, like, oh, my gosh, how many people don't smile or don't wave to this man? Like, there was probably hundreds of people every single day that just kind of drove past, didn't even recognize him. But when I chose just to smile and recognize that this guy, like, it made his day. It made his day, and it's so simple just to, just to smile. Yeah. What's crazy is, so I went to school in Virginia for a little bit, and when I got there, I was, I'm a Florida girl, mm -hmm. and we're, like, nice, but we're, we're not that nice, you know? <laughs> so I went to Virginia, and all of a sudden, everybody, like, you can't walk anywhere without people smiling and waving and being so generous. Like, you can go to a grocery store, and you don't even know the people, and they smile and they wave, and I was mm -hmm. like what is going on? These people are so nice. I don't understand. But what it did, it made me feel like I was at home in a place that wasn't my home. Wow, and yeah. so I think like I, I'm a really like bubbly gal, you know, I love to smile. But I think under that, it's like when you smile at someone, you're saying like, hey, I see you. Mm -hmm. And so many people these days, especially like with our online stuff, especially with people still being at home and quarantined, we get used to this idea like nobody sees me. Or like they only see me through a specific lens. But yeah. what if we smile at someone and say, hey, Lewis, I see you. I'm so glad that you're here. Mm -hmm. It changes the way somebody feels when they walk into a room. Yeah. And I think it holds a lot of value. It really does. And if we meet somebody, like if we meet a stranger or meet someone at church or at our workplace, if we want them to have a good time, like meeting us, like we have to make sure that they're also having a good time as well. And wow. like that smile is like huge yeah. like just inviting them in making sure that we have that presence on our face that like we're happy to see you like we're actually happy to have a conversation with you it's not something that we're dreading like yeah. it's something we're excited about um oh, yeah. and facial expressions show everything true like absolutely everything i have to get better at it because sometimes my facial expressions don't tell the best story <laughs> but like when we smile like it is an inviting message to that person that we care that oh, we yeah. genuinely care uh, there's actually, there's a Chinese proverb, um, and it said this, a man without a smiling face should never open a shop, which I think <laughs> is so funny, but it's so true. Like, why would you want to go to a store? Like if the person's is going to be rude and not smile at you and just yeah. stare at you, 
Like you want to go to, a, I think about Starbucks. Like you yes. go to Starbucks, right? And they're smiling. They know your name. They're excited. They're like, and you feel like, you feel at home. You feel welcome just by that smile. That's sure. how I feel about Trader Joe's. It's a yes. different experience than that grocery store, guys. It really is. <laughs> but because people are so happy. And I think kind of like this idea of smiling goes back to this idea that friendships aren't a burden. Like, I think sometimes we're like, oh man, like I have to care for all these people and what am I going to do? And I don't know if I have time for that. But friendship shouldn't be something that's like, ugh, I don't want to do this. It should be exciting to be able to meet and be in community because it's what we were created for. Yeah, that's so good. So, so good. Here, one, one quick thing. I have a note, and I, this is to encourage every listener out there. It says this, says, a smile costs nothing, but enriches those who receive without impoverishing the giver. Wow. Think about that for a second. A Say smile costs nothing, but those who receive take it with so much joy, but it doesn't cost us anything, right? Yeah. Like the breakdown doesn't cost us anything to smile, but it gives the other person so much joy. I almost think that we need to challenge everybody to go to Publix this week and not smile at anybody. See how your experience was. Do the opposite. And then go back, smile at everybody. (laughs) You're going to have such a better time. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I think it's funny when people ask, like, why are you so happy? And you're like, I just am. You know, like, they're interested in though. They're interested in you. They're like, why are you smiling? Why are you so happy? Um, And I think it's it's a great way to, one, introduce yourself uh, and get to know other people, man, and to work on those people skills right off the bat. Yeah. Yeah. I love what you said. If we expect other people to have a good time meeting us, then we need to have a good time meeting other people. Yeah. And we need to genuinely enjoy it and pull out the gold in people. Absolutely. That's awesome. That's awesome. Man, tell us this third rule is probably the one that I struggle with the most. And it goes the longest way. Okay. So the third rule on how to make people like you is this is that we have to remember names. Oh. oh we have <laughs> to remember names. Now, I know this is crazy because we live in the bro, dude, my guy generation. Like, you it, said all that while looking at me. I'm sorry. I want you to know that Lewis is a bro. Lewis, <laughs> my dude, my guy, bro. Like, we, we, we just have these terms that we use, like when we don't know someone's name or it's a substitute for their name. Mm-hmm. Um, but what's crazy is... If I go into Starbucks or I go into a church and I meet somebody and they remember my name, oh, it's a game changer. Absolutely. Yeah. And, it, and it communicates to me that you took the time to actually remember like, who I am and actually remember my name, which is one of the biggest things that I think like when we're talking about how to make people like you in relationships, remembering someone's name goes the longest way. Yeah. I know for my life, uh, my life in ministry is strategically like so weird. Like I thought that I could plan out my whole life and it would be great. But if you're watching and you're a young adult, you know, that never works. Mm-hmm. But I remember when I first came to church, I was like, you know, I'm just going to try this out. I have to intern for a little bit. I'm going to intern at this church I went to before and hope for the best. And I like have planned my life to be so different. But I remember when I went to our Port St. Lucie campus and I met Pastor Travis O'Neill for the first time. And I remember talking to him in the lobby and it was literally five minutes and it was done. And then a couple months later, I was struggling. It was like crazy Wednesday night. I was like, what is going on? I don't know what to do. All these kids are crazy. And I was freaking out, you know, like an intern does. So I was freaking out. <laughs> and Pastor Travis walked in and he said, hey, Joy, are you okay? Like, how can I help you? And I remember the first thing I thought was, 
how does he know my name? Yeah. <laughs> like I talked to him one time for five minutes in the lobby and now he's asking how he can help me and he knows me by name. Wow. And that made such an impact on my life. And I stayed at Fort St. Lucie and I stayed in student ministry and now my life looks totally different because one man took a one moment out of his busy Sunday to pay attention to who I was. And he like has been so instrumental in my life for how I remember names because he's the guy who in the lobby, he'll meet you and say, okay, Alec, Alec works at downtown. Alec likes to play pickleball. This is Alec. And he writes it in his notes. Wow. And so that next week when he sees you again, he'll say, Alec, I remember you from last week. How are you doing? And suddenly it makes this big environment feel so small yeah. because you know their name absolutely well and i think like this names are, are so important because it's like the one thing that's uniquely you yeah yes. and when you're in a crowd of people i don't care where you are but if you're in a crowd of people and you hear your name like instantly it's like you're looking all over the place like who called me right yeah. and it's it's so important and it makes like especially like in a large environment it makes it feel like at home yeah. it makes it feel small it makes it feel like you are, you're seen and you're heard. And honestly, like if you're working in the business place, like when I was in the secular world, when I went to marketing meetings or sales meetings and I remembered clients' names, like right off the bat, huge. Like, Changes oh my gosh, yeah. like you, you, you remembered my name and um, even like writing down little facts about them was a game changer because yeah. they, they meet with so many people day in, day out. And for one person that met them for five minutes to say like, hey, I remember your name. I actually remember where you're from. You're, you're from Vero Beach or whatever. Like, like, oh, wow, you actually, you listened. You weren't just doing your routine trying to make a sale. Like you actually yeah. heard me. You actually know who I, who I am, which yeah. goes the longest way. Yeah, if Pastor Travis is going to be the example of when this is all done right, I'll let myself be the example oh, no. <laughs> of how to not do this at all. Okay. Um, I, I was back in high school. I was walking up to the lunch table. One of my buddies, Ryan, he, he was there. I was going up to talk with him, and he had this friend, like a, a mutual friend, okay? I don't know him very well. So I walk up, introduce myself to him, and say, hey, what's up, man? I'm Lewis. And, and he didn't even, like, receive my hand. He just looked up at me and glared. He said, that's the seventh time. Oh, no. Oh. <laughs> Gets up, goes to a different table. I Oh, hey. my goodness. And I wish I could tell you who he was, but I still don't oh, know his name. Oh, you still don't know no. his name, Louis? If you're listening, you can oh, DM us. I'm so sorry. I want to know man. your name. If you're watching, I'm so maybe sorry. Maybe Rob, maybe Steven, I don't know. Oh, my gosh. I don't know. It's awful. So I hear us talk about remember people's names. And you guys have said something about writing things down. I need help. Yeah. What is the most practical way that I can remember names? Absolutely. Well, I think, again, like as we're going through these rules, like rule number one was to be genuinely interested in other people. And we, we, list, we learned that we have to listen. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think like off the top, we always ask people like, hey, what's your name? And it goes in one year and it goes out. But I think it's like very intentional. Like, OK, who are you? What is your name. Uh, and then some tricks that I've learned is actually saying their name during the conversation. Oh, for sure. Oh, that's a good point, Alec. So yeah, Louis, <laughs> there yeah. you go. Joy, what do you think about that? Right. But like when we actually take someone's name and we insert it into the sentence, it's like a muscle memory. They're like, okay, this is Rachel. This is Rachel. This is Rachel. Um, and then one thing that I like to do at the end of conversations, hey, your name is Rachel, right? Okay. Just to like confirm it. But also, it doesn't mean that I forgot her name. It also shows another level of intentionality yeah. that I'm confirming what her name is. 
Yeah, I think yeah. sometimes we get scared to ask people for their name again because that happens to me all the time when somebody says their name and it's literally like gone. I was like, yeah. I, I just met them. Why isn't it in my brain still? But there are these moments where we're like, I think I'm going to offend them if I ask them for their name because I asked them at the beginning and we let this like fear of being like wrong mm -hmm. miss out on like building this relationship because you know what's going to happen? You're never going to remember their name and yeah. then you're never going to want to talk to them because you're like, oh no, I don't remember their name. And it's a cycle that we just need to break by saying, hey, I'm so sorry. I know you told me at the beginning of this conversation, but what is your name? Yeah. I want to make sure that I have it so that next time I see you, we can have another great conversation. Absolutely. And it shows so much intentionality like right off the bat. Instead of just saying like, ah, well, I'll ask somebody else what their name is or I'll ask them next week. It's like you're confirming it right there on the dot. Yeah. Hey, what is, what's your name? Like, mm -hmm. And it communicates again, I'm interested in you. Like, yeah. I actually want to know like who you are. And I care that much that I want, I want to know your name. And because I know it's, it's uniquely for you. Uh, Dale Carnegie actually writes this. He says, the sweetest sound in any language to any man or woman is the sound of their name. Wow. And I, I just think about that, just from wow. a church that's, that's perspective, really from a volunteer perspective, from a business perspective, if that's true, learning names is essential. Wow. I, I even think about, I, I love history, so I'm going to take it back a few hundred years. Okay. Napoleon from France got exiled. He, he's in prison, and the French army is going to confront Napoleon, arrest him, kill him, get rid of him. And he remembered names. In fact, he at night would write down notes and keep files on everybody he met. Wow. And so as he knows this French army is, is coming up to him, and he used to command those guys, he goes back in his files, starts reading up everything that he's remembered about them, about hmm. their names, about their stories. They come to arrest him, and he says, hey, what's up, man? How was your, how's your kid? He's in, like, this grade, right? And the commander's like, oh... And then he goes at every single person in the yeah. army. He knew their name. He knew their story. Wow. They so all cool. came to inside, and then he conquered a, a bunch of stuff. But he remembered people's names. But again, we're talking about winning friends, influencing people. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how you're supposed to influence people if you don't know their name. Yeah. That's right. Like right off the bat, you know, um, and it kind of goes back to that social media thing. Like, yes, you can be an influencer, but like in real life, like with people, with friends, like you need to be in the down and dirty with people knowing their names. Yeah. 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 That's wild. That's wild. We got to remember names. What's the next rule? So next rule is this. So we have to be a good listener and encourage others to talk about themselves. Okay. That's good. So be a good listener and encourage others to talk about themselves. Now, we've already kind of talked about the listening aspect, right? Um, but definitely in our culture, and I'm so guilty of this, is someone will tell me something like, hey, you know, I just got back from a trip uh, from Colorado. We went snowboarding. We went skiing. We, went, we visited this place. And in my head, I'm like, okay, I went to Colorado too, and I visited this place, and I visited that place. I'm going to say that. But in reality, I should be like, tell me more about that. Okay. Tell, yeah. tell me more about your experience. Like, what, what did you see? What, what did you experience? How was this? How was that? Right? Um, and we have this tendency in our culture to always, I don't, I don't want to say the word one up, but we always like to compare experiences. Yeah. Wow. Right? Yeah. And we need to be able just to dial back and ask questions about other people. Um, Dale Carnegie writes that a man is 100% more interested in himself than he is in you. <laughs> Like, it's, it's, it's just the truth, though. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm definitely, like, more interested in me, right? And, and that's just the case among everything. Um, and people love to talk about themselves. 
So it's asking more questions of like, how was that experience? Tell me more about this. Yeah. Um, and I think when we do that, again, it ties back on the rule number one, that you are like, you're, you're interested in me. You're not just trying to tell me about another experience. Like you actually want to hear more. And when we get more people that to talk about themselves, they are, they're more naturally drawn to us because we're asking them serious questions about who they are and about their life. Yeah. I even think like with that, it's wild that in this conversation of building influence over people and winning some friendships, all of it has to do with them and not you. Absolutely. And I think sometimes this concept where like, I need to be the best and I need to make the most friends and I, I, I. Mm -hmm. But even this conversation is if you want to build influence, you have to care for other people. It's all and about other people. it's not about you and all the things you accomplish. It's about letting somebody else have the win and actually genuinely celebrating it. Yeah, absolutely. And so like with even like this, being a good listener, I'm the worst listener and I've had to work <laughs> so hard because I'm probably one of the most impatient people I know. Like, I want to hear, like, five-second version of a story. Hmm. And I've had so many of my friends have to sit me down and say, Joy, I feel like you don't care because you want, you want to rush this. And so one of my roommates is the total opposite. She will tell me every detail of a story, like, down to what color shirt somebody was wearing in the story. And it makes me, like, cringe a little bit because I'm like, I just want to hear the ending. But I've had to work really hard, especially in that friendship, to say, okay, I care about you, yeah. so I'm going to slow down, and I'm going to genuinely listen, and I'll ask her more questions about this story. Even though I'm a rusher, I'll say, okay, because I care about you, I'm going to take some time to listen. Yeah, that's so good. And I think, again, like when we talk about the business world or, or whatever you know, workplace you're in, your social setting, um, I think about like networking events. Like, mm -hmm. right, if there's a guy that you really want to get to know, ask him about himself. Like, don't try to promote yourself. Because I guarantee right. you that every person at that networking event or party is going to try to like flaunt like, hey, this is what I do. This is why you should be interested in me. Mm -hmm. But it's actually the opposite. Like yeah. go up to the guy that you really want to know and just ask questions about him. Wow. Yeah. Because he's going to remember that night of like, okay, everyone told me about themselves, but there's this one kid that actually just wanted to get to know me. That's true. And it's like, it's like the opposite effect. Like instead of promoting yourself, like you're really just asking questions of other people Man. and they're yeah. going to remember that, which I think is, it's kind of like countercultural, right? Like we don't think that's how you gain influence or win friends. But again, like Joy said, it's all about other people. Yeah. And even with that, like you're right. It's so countercultural, especially like online. When you think about influencers, like you think about how much they try, like they have to record videos all day, every day. And they are trying so hard to get people to see them. But that's so different when it comes to like, relationships with people yeah. because you think like if I saw an influencer like David Dobrik on the street he does not care about me he doesn't know who I am <laughs> and he won't know my name and we don't have a real relationship but sometimes we think oh if I want to be an influencer I'm going to try really hard for people to see my highlight reel mm -hmm. for people to ask me questions about what mm -hmm. I do and so yeah. I'm going to make my life look perfect so that people ask me yeah. but really like real genuine relationships are built off of these deep questions about other people about other people absolutely wild yeah and i'm even thinking on social media somebody posts a picture of some trip they went on or a place they they went they experienced they went out to eat like i want to ask them about that when i see them because they put it up on social media they want people to see it they're kind of saying hey notice me so whenever i see them i'm, I'm going to notice them and i'm going to ask about them this yeah is so good 
Absolutely. This is so good. Well, hey, I think this ties into rule number five. Yes. So rule number five is this, and it, it, it couples with rule number four, but it's this, is you have to talk about others' interests. Talk about others' interests. Now, you might be like, well, how is that different from rule number four? Let, let me give you an example. Um, there, there, so say like this. There's a guy that um, you're, you're good friends with, but you have nothing in common, right? But you know, like, this man loves fishing, right? right. What's, like, the one thing that you need to talk about? Fishing. fishing. Why? Because he's interested in it. Okay. Right? And yeah. that is something that he's interested in. And you're already tapping into like what he loves, mm-hmm. what he loves to do. And you're asking him about his life. And again, it's like, I could have no interest in fishing whatsoever, but it's like going home and like Googling a couple of things. Like, right. hey, do you, do you have this rod? Do you use this boat? I don't know. But like actually <laughs> like being interested in someone else's interests, because again, it, it ties back to being genuinely interested in somebody else. So good. Yeah, I think one of, one of my most favorite things to do is hear people talk about the things that they're passionate about. Yeah. Because there is so much, like we're all individually created to do something so different. And so when people talk about the things that they're passionate about or the things that they love, it makes me so excited because I may not care at all. I, that is not what I was built to do. But to see somebody else like care so deeply makes me excited because those are the people who are going to be the best fishermen or the best pickleball player out there. If you know any pickleball people, they don't just like pickleball. They They like love it. Love pickleball. I have t-shirts of pickleball. It's just what they do. (laughs) But it's really exciting for me to hear people talk about it because am I going to go play pickleball? No, I don't know how to do that. There's a lot (laughs) of running, (laughs) but, but I love that people love it and I love that they're Mm -hmm. having fun doing it. And in that I get to hear about something they're interested in. And now I have this thing where every week when I see him, I could say, Hey, Alec, have you played pickleball this week? Also, Alec is a pickleball person. I am a pickleball person. An extreme pickleball person. It's a blast. (laughs) Yeah. But I I think, I think you're right. Like, and again, when we're talking about, you know, the secular world or strangers, right. And like this meeting people, Mm -hmm. like, again, like, okay, let's go back to the networking scenario And, and you meet that guy. And you're like, okay, you know, he loves cooking, for example. Like, okay, if I see him again, like, I can mention something about his favorite topics, mm-hmm. right? And again, it's tying pieces together. They're like, okay, this guy, again, he listens, but now he actually went home and he's interested in what I'm interested, even though he's not even interested in it. Right. Like, it, it blows people away because it shows, again, that you genuinely care about people, no matter what. Um, and then when it comes to influencing friends and, and winning people over, that is one of the biggest things that we can do is mm-hmm. just talking about others' interests. Yeah. Yeah. Makes them feel included, makes them feel valuable. That's incredible. That's incredible. Alec, tell us w- what the final. So no, number is. six, number yep. six is this, is to make other people feel important wow. and do it sincerely. Yep. Make other people feel important and do it sincerely um i think the easiest way to sum up this is genuine compliments Mm. genuine compliments um i don't know about you but whenever someone compliments something that i'm doing it makes me feel amazing right and when it's from a place of like i care about you i see you like a genuine compliment it, it makes my day like, I'm yeah. going home, and I'm telling, like, my roommate, like, oh, my gosh, like, so-and-so, like, complimented me on this. Like, they actually mm-hmm. saw me. They actually see me. Uh, and I think, like, a great challenge for our young adults is, like, where can you add value to someone, but not passively, but genuinely? 
Right. Right. Um, so good. And just, just really building life into them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I even think like sometimes we think, okay, I'm going to compliment Lewis on his hat. If you're watching on YouTube, Lewis is wearing a really cool hat right now. And that, that's a compliment that's genuine, but it's really surface level. When I think about making deep friendships and building influence, when I want to be somebody's friend, I'm going to compliment them on something that really matters. And so, like, Lewis is one of the most energetic people I know, Mm -hmm. and I love it. He goes into a room, and he builds energy, and people want to be around him. And that's true, and that's a genuine compliment. But I'm going to compliment you on that rather than your hat because that's what I want to replicate. That's the kind of friend I want in my life. So I'm going to let you know this is what I really care about in your life. Yeah. And I'm going to compliment you on it so that you know I see you and you mm-hmm. know I want to be more like you. And that's really what friendships are about. Totally. And I think something that we can also take a challenge on too is like maybe people that we don't know super well. Like, I don't know about you, but lines at the grocery stores are still long, right? That's and right. if you're in the grocery so store long. line, like how can I add value to the cashier? Yeah. And, and just think about it. Like, okay, like I'm going to compliment her name. Or mm-hmm. I don't know, like, what it is, like, how she bags groceries or her intentionality or her being so nice to people. But, like, what can you do, like, in that 20-second interaction that she's going to go home and be like, okay, this random kid complimented me on this, but it made my day. Yes. Yeah. And, and I think about, like, waiters, waitresses, when you go to restaurants, again, cashiers, like, whoever you're interacting with, like, how can you add value to people? And the cool thing is, like, even if you are never going to see them again, like you have just added value to them that you have no idea the, the exponential like value that you're going to add to that person right. yeah. uh, and, and just giving them worth. Mm-hmm. Every, every employee at Chipotle in South Florida has got a compliment from me. Like this is the best burrito <laughs> yes. I've ever seen. Yes, <laughs> I love it. it. It brings a smile to people's faces. I, I think about this past week, uh, the GOAT, Tom Brady, oh. Tampa Bay. Congratulations. Uh, The whole entire week before, he texted every single person on his team, we will win. Hmm. Wow. And that that was a simple text to his whole team that said, you matter, you're valuable, we're in this together. Yeah. And then they went out and competed at an incredibly high level. Yeah. Yeah. That's Mm -hmm. awesome. You know what's crazy, too, is Tom Brady actually texted. If you guys watched the Super Bowl, you saw the drama. But he he texted Tyron Matthew. From LSU. Yes, and he actually told him, he said, hey, man, you're an incredible leader. Wow. Even after a loss, and, yes. they, and they were going at it all night, he took time, and he said, hey, I see you. You're the next generation. Come you're on. an incredible leader, which I, so like, cool. which I think is so cool, man. And, like, he probably wasn't expecting that. And, no. and, I, and I, I think about that, too. Like, for every cashier that's monotonously doing their job, like, they're not expecting compliments. No. They're, they're not. The, for the waitress and the waiter, they're not expecting compliments but it's like those little things when we go out of our way mm-hmm. it makes their day yeah yeah i almost feel a, a competition with encouragement hmm. i don't know if you guys have ever felt this but if you've been in a room with joy or alec you know they're walking up and so i'm starting to think how can i out compliment them because <laughs> i know that they're coming i know they're going to encourage me and so whenever they walk into a room my face lights up because i know that you're going to encourage me and hmm. it's been consistent over time Wow. And so imagine a world where we all genuinely complimented each other, genuinely called out the best in each other. Absolutely, man. Man, that'd be incredible. It would be incredible. And I think we would see, we, we would see our world change. Yes. And, and what I love is that this book, uh, it's six simple steps yes. that can change someone's day, that can change your life, uh, and it could change our world. 
That's right. And it's Run six. through them one more time. All right. So the six steps on, on how to make people like you. Rule number one is this, is that we have to become genuinely interested in other people. Rule number two is to smile. Rule number three is remember a man's name. Rule number four, be a good listener. Rule number five, talk about someone else's interests. And rule number six is to make people feel important and to do it sincerely. So good. There we go. Joy, thank you so much for joining us today. You've brought so much value to this conversation. We're so glad that you're a part of our young and adulting family. And the same for you, Alec. The, the study that went into presenting this information to us, I really believe that hundreds of young adults are going to take what we talked about today and they're going to use it to learn how to win friends and influence people. Come on. And, and we're not influencing people for our own gain, yep. yeah. by the way. We're influencing people for the love and message of Jesus. Absolutely. We yeah. just want to encourage them with no agenda to love people as we, as we love ourselves, just Absolutely. like Jesus said. Yeah. Guys, we are so thrilled that you have joined us today to this episode of Young and Adulting. It's coming out. You need to share this with people because you are not the only person who needs to hear this. There's so many people around you that need to know how to win friends and influence people. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Young and Adulting. Don't forget to tune in Thursdays at 7.30 p.m. on our YouTube channel and follow us on Instagram at cf.youngadults. And if there's a topic you'd like to talk about, we want to hear about it. Send us an email or leave a comment with your thoughts. We'll see you next time.